This is the Come A Girl Daily Podcast, written by Stephanie Bond. October 9th, Sunday. When Jack Terry walked into the room, his bootsteps were slower than usual. I'm depressed, Marigold. Really, detective? Let's review. I'm in a coma, and you're the one who's depressed? Baseball season is over. For us, anyway. And the Braves are leaving Turner Field. It just seems like an end to an era, you know? Why do I get the feeling he's talking about something other than baseball? And I know there's always next season, but by the time spring training rolls around, everything will be different. Ah, the end of an era for Jack. Bachelorhood? He sighed. I guess I don't have to tell you that life can turn on a dime. Don't I know it. If I hadn't stopped at the convenience store that night for a lousy lottery ticket and a jug of chocolate milk, if I'd insisted on driving the rest of the way to our parents' house, if Keith Young hadn't been traveling along the same stretch of road at the same time, if Sid's phone hadn't rung at that precise moment, and if she'd resisted the urge to answer. A thought ribboned through my mind. Who had been calling Sid? Not that it really mattered. It could have been Mom or Dad, wondering if we were getting close. But she had seemed so frantic to answer. In hindsight, it wasn't like Sid to behave so irresponsibly. Was the gonging ringtone specific to a particular acquaintance? I'm not supposed to tell you this, Jack said in a lowered tone, but the DA is considering charging Keith Young anyway, even with a blood alcohol level below the legal limit. He thinks he can make a case that if Young had been tested on the scene instead of later at the station, he would have blown over the limit. But only if we can find out who's behind the assault on Young. Your brother seems clean, But the DA wants to make sure your family wasn't involved. Juries don't usually find in favor of people who take the law into their own hands. Oh, no. Here we go again. Except this time I know even if Keith Young had been drinking, Sidney had some culpability too and wasn't being truthful. If I could speak to Jack, I'd tell him to drop the case before things went sideways. What if the convenience store cameras had caught us on video with Sydney driving away? Or what if someone at the scene remembered? I'm no attorney, but even I know she could be charged with reckless driving, filing a false report and obstruction, and maybe a lot more. And with that in mind, why had Sydney persisted with the lie, knowing it could be revealed by a random video on a passerby's phone? But You didn't hear it from me, the detective said. Got it? Got it. Hey, they brought the television back. It was Dr. Tyson's concession to Dr. Jarvis's plan to expose me to as much stimuli as possible. Unfortunately, no one had turned it on today. Jack was already flipping through the channels. With baseball season over, how do you feel about NASCAR? Ugh detective. Cars going round and round in a circle? 
if I wasn't already in a coma. But he'd already found what he wanted on a channel and zoomed up the volume. Loud vroom vroom noises filled the ward. And since everyone was so excited about your sneeze last week, I brought more wings. The sound of paper ripping rent the air, and I waited for the spicy scent of the hot sauce to waft my way, hoping it would indeed trigger a sneeze or two. Instead, I smelled... nothing. And it dawned on me, I hadn't smelled anything this morning when nurses had come and gone from the room. Not the faint scent of lotion on their skin, or the odors of food or fabric softener that normally clung to their scrubs. With dismay, I realized one of the senses I've come to rely upon so heavily to take in the world around me has abandoned me. This can't be good. This is Stephanie Bond, author of the Coma Girl Daily Podcast. If you know of someone who might enjoy the story, please share a screenshot. It's your support that helps to grow the Coma Girl audience. Thank you so much.